0: On this episode of the Answers on Aging podcast.
1: Don't ever hesitate as a family member or a resident in a nursing home um, to report something suspicious or an allegation that you heard from someone else. It's not up to you as the resident or the family member Mm -hmm. to determine if it happened. Just give that information to the right people.
2: Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. This podcast provides solutions to your questions and commonly faced challenges about caregiving, legal and financial issues, personal struggles associated with the normal aspects of aging and the unforeseen obstacles that oftentimes can be life-altering and even devastating. Each episode dissects real-life, real-time issues and will often feature special guests who bring expert-level knowledge and free resources straight to you. This podcast is hosted by certified elder law attorney, Todd Watley, and licensed nursing home administrator, Sarah Scott. Together, these aging experts bring an impressive combined 30 plus years of experience to the table in order to give you all the answers on aging.
0: That's right. This is the Answers on Aging podcast. My name is Todd Watley, and we are always thankful for you listening and sharing, and our numbers are growing, and we appreciate that. And when I say we, I am here, of course, with my co-host, Sarah Scott.
1: Hey there, Todd Watley. I'm so happy to be here with you making another podcast today. Mm -hmm. Welcome, everybody. This is our wonderful podcast called Answers on Aging. Thank you all so much for tuning in and learning some stuff as we age. Mm -hmm. And um, we're excited about today's episode I am particularly because um, it's my wheelhouse
3: mm-hmm.
1: and um, we're also eager to bring you this information because it really does coincide with our new book
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
3: so
1: if you haven't heard, we wrote a book
0: We wrote a book we about a book. and missed you know finding the right care
1: mm-hmm. how to conquer the maze of long-term care for your loved ones so if you were interested in that or going through that process, Please check it out. Go to our website, Answers on Aging And there's
0: a link in the notes.
1: There's a link in the notes. You can get our book either in ebook form or physical copy. So just uh, let us know what you think about that. But today we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is resident rights. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked to see that we haven't really had a specific episode dedicated to resident rights. Wow. So that's what you're going to get to learn all about today.
0: Yeah, I mean, we as American citizens, we sort of understand our rights as Americans. The Constitution gives us rights to, you know, all kinds of things, speech and assembly and just all kinds of things. And the, um, there is a federal law, out there that gives a nursing home residents rights. Yeah, absolute federal law rights. It's not based on the state. It's not based on the administrator mm-hmm. wanting to do this or that or whatever. It is federal law that you have rights as a nursing home resident, and I think that surprises people sometimes.
1: It does, and I'll tell you. In when I was working in the nursing home facilities, anytime I would tell residents as they were touring and just kind of checking it out. And, you know, I would sense some reluctance to Mm -hmm. move into a nursing home. Understandably so. But um, I would tell them, you know, just because you move into this facility, you get a whole extra set of rides just for you. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty extensive. And um, just because you're in a long-term care facility and live in this great country, you get an extra set of rights. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if for no other reason, just say yes and move on in, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I mean, just for that. Um, So anyway, we wanted to go into um, each right today and really give you an understanding of. What it consists of, what does it mean, and, and if you have a loved one in a facility, are these rights being held up, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, they're, again, it's federal law. It's yeah. not based on the whim of the nursing home. This is federal law that says every nursing home has to do these things,
3: mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm.
0: So number one is pretty straightforward. It's to be treated with respect. Yes, sir. And I think what surprises me is that you can choose your own schedule,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: okay? Yeah. And I'm truly asking this not knowing the answer, but it seems like breakfast is at this time, Mm -hmm. lunch is at this time, and dinner is at this time.
1: Right. Yeah, for the the most of the facility, that is the case. But when we would have residents who – Wanted to sleep in. They mm-hmm. didn't want to get up between okay. six and eight to have breakfast in the dining room. Okay. Um, they have the right to sleep in. And if that is the case, then we would have their either alternative breakfast option
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, or they would just have a bigger lunch, to be honest with you. Yeah. You have to really work around what their preferences are and it is their right.
0: So if they wanted breakfast at 10, mm-hmm. Rather than aid when it's generally quote served, mm-hmm. they could do that. Yeah, wow, yeah. cool. If, and there, the, there's activities that the yeah. nursing home is required by law to have things to do. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to go, you don't have to go.
1: You don't have to attend activities. That's the that's the second right is to you have the right to participate in activities. But let me just say this: there's also the right to. I guess be entitled to individualized activities. Sure. If the activity um, director sets up a calendar, and you are not interested in participating in any of those activities, there is um, there are rules in place that make sure. You get individualized, one-on-one activities. Or that you, uh, maybe, you know, this is what we would see a lot of, especially when residents were just moving in. They didn't want to get out and socialize. They were still pouting in their rooms and being a hermit, understandably so. Sure. Um, And so their activity was watching TV in their room or listening to music mm-hmm. um, or they would have a bird feeder outside of their window and they would enjoy watching the birds eat bird seed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there are, you, you do have to think outside of the box a lot of times when it comes to those residents who don't prefer a group setting and don't want to get out of their rooms, but yeah, you have the right to participate in activities.
0: Yeah, cool. So Yeah, and they should make special ones for you. I think that's what surprises me is, Mm -hmm. you know, they're supposed to customize those if needed. Right.
1: So the next right is to be free of discrimination. And discrimination is a broad term that I think a lot of things could fall under this right as a resident. The one thing that stands out to me beyond just the obvious, okay, you know, discriminating against a resident because they're an old grumpy person or because he's a man and men always do things this way Mm -hmm. or the racial thing. Um, Beyond that, many times family members have a misconception in their heads that a Medicaid facility provides poor care. Mm -hmm. I just met with a family last week. Mom is in an assisted living right now private pay but her money is spending down and we talked about medicaid and all four of them no there are five all five of them were like oh we don't want to put mom in a medicaid facility that's just no we can't do that and i'm like oh you're setting me up i'm about to teach you something listen up they cannot be discriminated against because of their payer source we've t- we've um, touched on this a little bit in previous episodes, but you can't, I mean, the direct care staff providing one-on-one or hands-on care to mom or dad does not know who's paying the bill for mom, mm-hmm. and nor do they care. Right. So they're not going to be discriminated against because of who's paying the bill.
0: Well, and that's in a facility that does take Medicaid. Right. So So many people think that only... Bad, nasty, gross nursing homes take Medicaid. Mm-hmm. And that is not the case. No. In in Arkansas, every nursing home that you can go into right now takes Medicaid. Mm-hmm. That is not the case in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. There are some... Um, nursing homes there who don't take Medicaid, but there's some really nice nursing homes who do. Right. And so families are surprised when they're like, well, we were kind of looking at so-and-so place, but it's nice and we're pretty sure it doesn't take Medicaid. We're like, it does. And they're like, what? And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, they take Medicaid.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: so in your state, wherever you are, don't assume that only the bad, nasty nursing homes take Medicaid right. pick out you know find the one that you like and if you are going on Medicaid you have to go into a Medicaid food facility but sometimes there's some really nice food facilities that do take Medicaid
1: that's right and just rest assured that your loved one going into the facility will not be discriminated because of their pay source <clears throat> and they shouldn't be discriminated because of anything because if they get discriminated against their rights are being Violated and people get in trouble when that happens. And
0: they can lose their license for Mm -hmm. that. So the the specific things, a nursing home can't discriminate based on race, color, national origin, disability, age, or religion.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. The next right is to be free from abuse and neglect. Now, that's another broad one. Mm -hmm. What I will tell you is that if an allegation of abuse is made in the nursing home
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, from a resident about another resident or a staff member, the the facility is required to do a proper investigation, determine any kind of findings. You have to report that to the state, and, and then it's up to the state to determine whether or not actual abuse or neglect occurred. But that process of reporting is intense. Mm-hmm. You have to notify, at least in Arkansas, you know the responsible party, the physician. You have to notify the police. You have to interview residents and, and take um, surveys. It got to a point when I was administrator that um, these residents were used to my coming into their rooms and cause we only had maybe a quarter or maybe half of them, well, probably about 30% that were like cognitively capable to give me appropriate answers. Mm-hmm. And so when I would come in the room with my clipboard, they would be <laughs> like, all right, who's getting abused today? You know, it was just like a, an ongoing joke because they were conditioned by that time to know, you know, if, something happened and i'm having to do a reportable mm-hmm. i'm coming in with my clipboard and we're going to take a survey <laughs> i'm going to ask you some questions yeah it's so um, but you you have to take those things seriously and it kind of at first made me nervous that i was giving all this information that i had gathered and worked so hard on to um, to send it over to the state and let them determine if actual abuse or neglect occurred, Mm -hmm. but because I usually would already know whether or not it did. And um, then it just kind of became more of a anxiety relief for me Mm -hmm. after some point, because I'm like, okay, it's on them. They have to be the ones to determine if it Mm -hmm. happened or not. But you Hmm. just, you've got to take that seriously and don't ever hesitate as a family member or a resident in a nursing home Um, to report something suspicious or an allegation that you heard from someone else. It's not up to you as the resident or the family member Mm -hmm. to determine if it happened. Just give that information to the right people.
0: Yeah. And it's, I think most people understand what abuse is, Mm -hmm. that something actively has happened against this person. That's abuse. Mm -hmm. But this rule also deals with Neglect. Yeah,
3: yeah. And
0: if you feel like someone's not doing something that should be doing, there's a lack of activity, mm-hmm. or if you feel like something's not being done that should be done, mm-hmm. that deserves to be reported also because oh, sure. they cannot abuse, obviously, but they also should not neglect. Mm-hmm. And so many times you've you've had situations where they would bring in the food tray and say, "Okay, Miss Jones, here's your." here's your food and yeah. then leave and come back an hour later. And it's like, Oh, well I guess you're not hungry today and take the, the, the food tray away when she was hungry. She just couldn't feed herself and they mm. were not actively trying to encourage her to eat or feed mm. her. Yeah. And there's like, Oh, I guess you're not hungry. And, mm. no. and she was losing weight and it yeah. was just all kinds of problems. And so, um, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. That should not occur. Neglect is a huge issue that does occur. I think more than abuse.
1: Yeah, I would say you're probably right about that. And then another form of abuse is involuntary seclusion. Mm. So you have a, you know, a problem resident, so to speak that's difficult to work with or just Cranky, maybe, Mm -hmm. but depends on the staff to push him in his wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And they just conveniently leave him in his room, involuntarily secluded. Mm -hmm. That's also a form of abuse. So you got to really be mindful about stuff like that and report it if you suspect or observe it occurring.
0: Here's one that as a PT bothers me.
1: Restraint.
0: Restraint. Yeah. Because, and I'm sure it's hard for y'all, because if someone stands up and falls, you're in trouble, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but you can't make them not stand up and fall.
1: Yeah. So this right we're talking about now. You're kind of
0: damned if you do, damned if you don't. I know.
1: I know. It's the right to be free from restraints. Now, I really do think the origin of this right goes back to, I don't know, maybe 70, that 70s or mm-hmm. 80s, and, and back mm-hmm. when people in the nursing home would get literally tied down with you know ropes or gloves or mittens or straight jackets or whatever and can't do anything. So, technically, a device isn't a restraint. No, wait, hold on, let me say that a different way. If a person can do something like get up from their wheelchair on their own and you give them a seatbelt because they keep getting up and falling out of their chair and they cannot, without being prompted, remove that seatbelt on their own and it keeps them from getting up That is a restraint. So it's basically something that prevents you from doing something you would have been able to do otherwise. And that could look like a whole lot of different things. It could look like bed rails. So that was a big deal. There were a lot of changes in the rules and the measurements um, for bed rails while I was working in the nursing home industry. And um, because... One, sometimes residents will get caught in between the mattress and the bed rail and get injuries. That's bad. If they're trying to get up on their own. Um, but for a lot of residents, you can't, I mean, for most residents, you can't remove or um, put the bed rail down from inside the bed. Mm-hmm. So that prevented the residents from getting out of the bed.
0: Which was a good thing sometimes.
1: Sometimes. (laughs) You know? Yeah.
0: As a PT, it's like she cannot get out of the Uh bed. She thinks she can, Uh but she's going to mess up her new hip or knee or whatever. She needs to stay in the bed, so let's Mm -hmm. put the bed rails up. Yeah. Nope, can't do that.
1: Well, and so when, you know, all this kind of reform was happening around restraints, Everybody, every facility you would go to started using um, chair and bed alarms. So it's basically mm-hmm. a pressure sensitive pad that you sit on or lay on. And when you move, it sounds an alarm. Mm-hmm. And that even, at, in some cases, is a restraint because it scares the residents and makes them sit back down and they refuse to get up on their own because that sound, it's like a, a conditioned response. So, I mean, they take restraints very seriously in the nursing home. Sure. And then there's the chemical form of restraints, you know? know, just giving them a bunch of Xanax and zonking them out so mm-hmm. you don't have to work with them. That's illegal.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah. But some residents need to be restrained. Yes, and, they do.
1: And when they and are.
0: There is a process you can go through.
1: very, yes, tedious process. Um, you have to, yes, have it very well documented. And
0: Many times it was the physician and the PT and OT uh-huh. would all come together and mm-hmm. say, yes, this person needs to be restrained. Yeah. It had to be very well documented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But as a general rule. You have the right to be free of restraints in a long term care facility. Okay. And if they keep you all locked up, you got the right to make a complaint.
0: That's the next right. <laughs> you can complain.
1: Mm-hmm. Goodness. Lord as, help
0: the Karens out there that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lord help the facilities with family members who are caring.
0: <clears throat> That's true.
1: Um, but yeah, as the social worker in a facility, one of my main job. Tasks was to be, like, the process owner of the grievance process. I got really good at getting my butt chewed out. (laughs) I did. I did. Hmm. I just learned how to take it. Mm -hmm. And I think now the family members or the residents because I was the person you would go to to complain. Okay. If I couldn't fix it, I would take it to the administrator or director of nurses. But, yeah, I got... I got a lot of complaints.
0: And we did one whole episode on that. Mm-hmm. So if if you are considering a complaint,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you have something to complain about, I, we highly recommend you go listen to that episode
3: uh-huh.
0: on complaints because Sarah tells you exactly what to do, how to complain without alienating the people that are caring for your loved one. Yeah. You know, there is a proper way to do it. Mm-hmm. They won't love it. But you do have the right to do it and they will deal with it rather than you just blowing it completely out of proportion and going to the state first. Mm -hmm. There is an in-house way to complain that they can deal with and you can resolve and everybody still like each other afterwards rather than retaliation and things like that
1: hmm that's right okay the next resident right is you have the right to get proper medical care well that
0: seems to kind of make sense since you're in a medical facility uh-huh. you should get proper medical care I mean that's just
1: mm-hmm. should be a given but want to make sure you know that spec that specific <clears throat> right and then the next right is to have your representative notified so there are specific things um, That you, as the caregiver or the resident, um, the facility has, like if something happens to you, the facility has to notify your representative. So those things are, if something happens, like you're involved in an accident and injured um, and and you need to go see a
3: doctor. Mm
1: -hmm. So if you fall, hit your head, you need... Your, your family Someone member is going to yep. have to be notified. Um, and then the next reason that your family has to be notified is if you start going through a change, like a decline in your condition, mm-hmm. you got to be.
0: Physical, mental, or psychological status mm-hmm. decline,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they need to be. Notified. Yeah. Hey, something's going on here.
1: Yeah, and that doesn't mean the facility is going to have to call everybody in your family. Typically, you're going to have one go-to, your power of attorney agent or your spouse or someone is going to be the designated primary contact. Mm -hmm. So that's who we're talking about here. The next thing um, that they have to notify your family or representative about is if you have a life-threatening condition. Obviously, yeah obviously. that' one's pretty obvious. if you have any medical complications, um if your treatment needs to change significantly, now, honestly, I think that term sign or that word significantly has been added in there um, recently i I think it used to just be your treatment needs to change yeah because um. We used to have to notify on everything. It, any kind of like teeny tiny med change. Wow. It was so annoying. Sure. I get it, but man.
0: Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter if you're going from fifteen milligrams to twenty milligrams. Exactly. <laughs> it's not, please.
1: But that kind of and you had to have it documented. Wow. Notify Jeez. family.
0: Um, and obviously, if you're going to, if the nursing home is going to transfer or discharge you, mm-hmm. someone needs to be. aware of that. Yeah. a good thing to be
1: But you know what? I mean, you say it and laugh. How many times have we talked to families who dad is there in rehab mm-hmm. and his skill coverage is about to end and nobody gave him a notification? Yeah. It happens.
0: You do need to come get him.
3: Yeah. It's
1: like, wait, what? Huh?
0: <laughs> yeah. That's not right. Uh, Services and fees. Mm -hmm. Nursing homes charge.
1: Yeah. This is not a free giveaway. They charge
0: money. They do. And you should be notified as to what they charge for and any additional fees. I think one thing that really aggravates me is, particularly if a place takes Medicaid, Mm -hmm. they really like for you to be private pay. Yeah. And for a nursing home to require you to pay for pay privately a month or two months or six months is against federal law. That's called key money. It's like, give us some money if you Mm -hmm. want keys to the place. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if they take Medicaid now, here's, here's the distinction, Back on discrimination, okay, a nursing home doesn't have to take you. Right. Okay, they can, they can pick and choose as long as it's not based on those issues, those things that I named off as things they can't discriminate against. <clears throat> those things that I listed were not payment source. They can say, if you're Medicaid, we're not going to take you, okay? So they can say that. But if you go in private pay and they take you in mm-hmm. and then you go to Medicaid, they can't kick you out because you switched to Medicaid. Mm-hmm. And they can't tell you you have to pay six months privately before you can go into Medicaid.
1: Mm-hmm. And one more thing <clears> that's <throat> we would have to, um, there's one specific form, it's a notice of admission on every. Admission into the facility, we had to fill out and have the patient or patient representative mm-hmm. sign that they were offered services to, it was called long-term care options counseling. Mm-hmm. And basically, we're saying we provided as a facility the option for that individual to get information on how to qualify for Medicaid. And... Yeah. The family checks, either I wish to receive it or I do not. And you had to send that to, <clears throat> excuse me, the state within like 24 hours of admission. Okay. Um, and I don't know. I just thought, especially with some recent issues that we've had with our clients working mm-hmm. with a specific nursing home, Um, I would like to know what they're putting on that Mm form. Like what kind of options counseling are you offering here? Mm -hmm. You need to know what the options are for paying for this care. And um, you just need to do a little bit of homework on the front end and find out what services are available to help you get qualified for Medicaid if you're not already.
0: And if a nursing home is pushing a particular provider very hard, Be very leery of that. Mm-hmm. You know, shop around. There are a lot of people who can help you qualify for Medicaid. Probably the nursing home is not the one you should be asking about yeah. how to qualify, particularly if you're not qualified. You know That's where I come in as an elder law attorney, and you need to seek the advice of a good elder law attorney. And if a nursing home is pushing one particular provider, mm-hmm. that's a red flag. Big time right?
3: red
1: flag. I'll
0: just say it. All right. You also um, have the right to manage your money.
1: Yeah, just because you're in a nursing home does not mean they're taking everything over, um, and so you do have the right to manage your own money still if you're able to do that.
0: And it's not a great idea to keep money on you or in your room. Just there are residents, there are employees. They're all they all have background checks. They all are typically criminal free, Mm -hmm. but you just don't want to tempt people. And so Mm -hmm. the nursing home will hold your money for Mm -hmm. you, but you have the right to say, Hey, I need some money. I want to go shopping or just, I want to have five bucks in my pocket. Yeah, you can do that.
1: You can. And um, the nursing home must um, have a system that ensures full accounting of your funds. So if you want to keep some cash on your person, but also have an account at the facility, they have to keep a very detailed record of every penny that goes in and out of that account.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, You must get proper privacy, property, and living arrangements. Mm -hmm. Um, You can have personal property.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you can. It is up to the facility to kind of set some guidelines or some standards. I know... Many times when we would have a long-term care resident move in, they would want to bring dad's lift chair. And it was nasty. It was old. And uh, we could pretty easily say, no, that's not safe, you know, or that's not sanitary. Mm -hmm. So the facility does have some discretion. But on the other hand, bringing in you know, pictures or comforters. I know a lot of old ladies who would want to bring in their special handmade quilt mm-hmm. to put over their bed instead of having the standard facility provided comforters and mm-hmm. bedding. So you do um, have that option. It's just sometimes a little more limited.
0: Do you want to talk about privacy?
1: Well, you gotta, <laughs> you have the right to privacy
0: of all um, things,
3: of
1: all things, privacy, which kind of gets confusing when you talk about you have to notify a family or a patient representative. Mm -hmm. Um, If a resident doesn't want their daughter knowing that she has a UTI or that she is having a relationship with a male resident, we don't have to tell her. But we do need to have it documented that the resident requested we not tell the daughter. Other, you know... Types of privacy when we would have married couples that mm-hmm. wanted to engage in sexual activity. Mm-hmm. We had a system in place.
0: People who wanted to involve in sexual activity.
1: Well, if they were both consenting adults and it was safe, then we would need to provide them some privacy to get it on. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> we would.
0: Whew.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> things can get ricey in the nursing home. Just saying. <laughs> Just it's not saying. as boring as it
0: sounds. <laughs> okay. I mentioned that to a client. One of the places where STDs are growing the most is in nursing homes. And
3: yeah.
0: I, his dad. 90 year old dad is saying I want to go to the nursing home and he mentioned something or the the son mentioned something that when they go visit he's a really hot commodity when Mm -hmm. he goes there and I said you do know STDs and his son was like what and I was like yeah he's like I don't think I wanted to know that and I was like hey it's it's a very common thing very common Mm -hmm. All right, let's move off that topic.
3: Okay.
1: Spend time
0: with visitors.
1: Yeah. Conjugal visits. There you go.
0: (laughs) I thought we were off that topic. Oh, goodness. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: you have the the right to spend time with visitors if you want.
0: I did a pretty nasty lawsuit early in my career because one brother was the guardian Mm. for his mom, and these brothers hated each other. And so Mm. the brother restricted his brother from coming to visit
1: yeah you can do that
0: you can but you have to have a good reason you
1: have to have a good reason and the resident has to be going along with it too and
0: he did not have a good reason Mm -hmm. he just didn't like his brother and Mm -hmm. his brother was very involved with his mom you know he was the caregiver and he he went on vacation and the the other brother swooped in grabbed mom put her in a nursing home and then said the other brother couldn't come visit. It was it was a mess. Oh, gosh. It was a bad mess. So anyway, yes you you can have visitors and you should have visitors. <clears throat>
1: well, next one is the right to get social services. Pre- yes.
0: you, the social worker. Love that. You're the one doing counseling, solving problems with other residents, contacting legal or financial professionals, and discharge planning. Yeah, they have to plan discharge. Mm-hmm. They can't just say, "Hey, come get her." Mm-mm. I need to plan that.
1: That's right. And that leads us to our next right, which is the right to leave the nursing home. You are not locked in there, no matter what your kids tell you. (laughs)
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You can leave. You got to have a discharge plan. You got to have a plan, but you can always leave. You can leave to go to another facility. You can Mm -hmm. move out into the community, or you can go on like a trip overnight, you know, or a week or whatever, and then come back.
0: And that gets really dicey. I mean, just as an elder law attorney, I deal with that a lot where mom has enough dementia that she can't go home. She can't live by herself. She or the bad kid wants mom to come to live with him so he can live off of her social security. And everybody knows that's not a good idea. And it just gets really confusing. But... As a basis, you have the right to leave the nursing home, but it has to be in your best interest, and there must be a discharge plan, and mm-hmm. you can't just decide to leave and cause problems.
1: Yeah. The next right is to have protection against unfair transfers or discharges, which really plays into the what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. If you choose to go somewhere else, you are entitled, because you were there at one time, to have... A planned, fair discharge and be protected against anything other than fair discharge.
0: If a nursing home is telling you that your loved one has to leave immediately because they're not paying their bill, you're transitioning into Medicaid or something comes up, if they say, you need to leave tomorrow, your response is, please send me my 30-day discharge mm-hmm. letter. Mm-hmm. By federal law, they cannot discharge you without issuing a 30-day discharge letter that gives you the right to appeal that, and you can hire an attorney to work with you. You don't even need an attorney. You can just appeal it, but I would suggest you have an attorney look at the the situation and you can appeal an involuntary discharge
1: you can now having said that one of the reasons that you that the facility is allowed to issue a discharge notice okay. is failure of payment but,
0: but you're still entitled you, to you're the still enti- yes
1: that's yes you still have to issue that 30-day you know I think I've only issued maybe five or six 30-day discharge. Yeah. notices Good it's pretty rare
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i've done done those appeals it's it's very interesting okay
1: mm-hmm. next one's fun for me
0: form or participate in resident groups
1: yes resident council oh. oh, i used to love the resident council meetings i would get a summary of the minutes mm-hmm. and i was only allowed to attend if i was invited I'm serious.
0: Well, that's true.
1: And uh, but I would love it when I would get invited, and that this can really be um, an empowering activity or an, an empowering experience for your loved one in a nursing home because it really does. If it's if it's conducted correctly, it can give the residents so much control over food, activities, staffing. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it really does put the ball in their court if it's done the right way. So I would encourage you to ask um, your current facility or future facility what you know. How active is your resident council? And if they're like, "Well, we don't have one,"
0: <laughs> call Sarah. Call me. She will help you <laughs> create one.
1: Uh-huh.
0: All right, and finally, have your family and friends involved.
1: The quality of care that residents receive in long-term care facilities is directly um, impacted by how frequently family and friends visit. Absolutely. If you don't have a lot of visitors coming in on a regular basis, you're not likely to get as good of care as the residents who do. It is sad, but it's true. Mm -hmm. And you have the right to keep your family and friends involved as much as you allow them to
0: we see that every day mm-hmm. that more involved families get and it's not that the nursing home is actively discriminating it's just if you know the daughter's going to come in this morning and she's going to be hacked off if she's if her mom isn't up in a chair mm-hmm. with her hair fixed with Teeth socks in, on
1: glasses on
0: socks on yep. and if you and so if Resident A doesn't have that family, but resident B is this person. Who are you going to spend time on? You don't want to get chewed out. Mm-hmm. And so you'll go spend time with resident B just because the family's going to be there and fuss and complain if you don't. You'll get to resident A when you can, mm-hmm. but resident B gets first and priority because that family member is advocating for them. Yeah. And it's, it's important.
1: It sure is. So... All right, we had a little bit longer of a show today, probably, but it's really important that you understand these resident rights, and please don't ever hesitate to share this information. If you have family or friends with people in nursing homes, they need to know this information. Mm -hmm. It's really good stuff, and if you're in the process of finding a care facility for your loved one, not only is this podcast a great resource, but... You need to get our book.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. The link is in the notes or you can go to our website, answersonagingpodcast.com. There you can get all of our episodes and a link for the book.
1: Yes, all right. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in and we will talk to you next week.
2: Thank you for listening to the Answers on Aging podcast with Todd and Sarah. Be sure to hit subscribe and keep tuning in each week as they bring you helpful, useful, and easy-to-find resources for making life as we age as simple and enjoyable as possible. For more information about this episode, visit AnswersOnAgingPodcast.com. Click on the show notes tab and take advantage of the free resources right there at your fingertips to see Todd and Sarah live. Check out our Facebook page, Answers on Aging, to catch a live feed of their radio show every Wednesday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock. Todd and Sarah welcome feedback and love to answer your questions. So please, let them know what you think by leaving a review and share with your friends and family.